0: Thank you for tuning in to Cop with Comic. I'm Brian Cop, and we're here with comic Laurel Bacon Cummings. Laurel Bacon Cummings, how the hell are you? Hey Brian, I'm good. How are you? Oh good, oh good. Well, I'm doing great, and it's so nice for you to come on because one of the things that I mean, it looks like you got the great guests. Uh, you know, you got Mark Norman on there, you got Sarah Cooper on there. You have Laurel Laurel's Little Show. Tell me about that.
1: Cool. Yeah. Um, well, I like comedy podcasts, but I really don't have three hours to listen to a podcast. It just kind of bugs <laughs> me how long they are, right? So, I thought I'd start one um, because I do want to learn things from comics that are more successful than me or cool directors and you know just artists that i respect and look up to um so i thought i'd start a show where i talk to people i find interesting in and try to learn something from them in 10 minutes or less
0: yeah they're short that's so sweet so that's kind of the selling point and it probably makes it even easier to get people on there because they don't have to spare three hours
1: well we talked for a while and then i cut it i cut down to the Uh... big part
0: Okay. And so, yeah, what are you finding with the good parts? What do they all have in common? Like, you know, is it insight on a particular comedy issue or just something, you know, about their life that's interesting to you?
1: You know, I've only been doing it for a month and I've, I'm really kind of blown away by how open people are and how earnest they are in sharing things. Um, uh, I'm learning a lot about just certain um, stepping stones in, in comedy. A lot of people talk about just for laughs and their first late night set um but then also I, i'm i'm learning how different comics and artists can be in real life and off stage than their on stage persona which i guess i should know because i'm not nearly as body <laughs> as i am on stage but it's it's a uh, nice to be reminded of that
0: so you are b- body on stage but in in real life you are not
1: I am not no okay. i'm i'm excruciatingly (laughs) well-behaved
0: okay and and so kind of why did that take you know why did your persona kind of take that direction on stage do you think is that just what people were laughing at they were laughing at your body stuff a little bit more than the you know the the tame stuff
1: i think i think it started probably as a defense mechanism because i i was a comedy writer for years um in new york i i my first job, I was a writer assistant at SNL. And then I worked at Fallon before he had The Tonight Show. And uh, so I always just wanted to be in the writer's room. I yeah. lived in LA. I wrote a pilot um, with a very funny actress named Abby Elliott. Anyway, so when I came back, I figured I, I got to start just saying these jokes myself. Um, and I was just so nervous. So I think I probably was overcompensating for that by talking about sex and drugs and all the kind of stuff that you know little blonde girls aren't supposed to talk about and um and then it you know it was working so it there's a freedom to being on stage you can say whatever you want it doesn't feel real you know it's like being in a blackout
0: yeah and so like you know are people are you drawing the right people to you like are they thinking like you're are they just assuming you're like that in real life
1: I mean, that's funny, you say that. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people take take things a little bit too literally. But I mean, uh, that's <laughs> I think a lot of people suffer from from that consequence of of performing,
0: yeah, they they're like, oh, man, I'm gonna party with Laurel Bacon Cummings, man. It's gonna be fucking lit.
1: I mean, if they pay attention, they wouldn't think that, though, because I'm I'm sober and I talk about that on stage because <laughs> people kept buying me drinks or paying me in shots and stuff. And I was like, please, please, like, I would prefer money.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, what you know, I talk about sobriety in here on here sometimes with certain huh? guests. And it's really it's really interesting to me. Like, can you can you say at what point in your comedy journey did you kind of hit the sobriety button?
1: For sure. Yeah, I was I was 27. Um, I had moved to LA. I had a lot of cool opportunities. Um, just just as a comedy writer, I wasn't performing yet then. And honestly, I mean, my drinking started to get in the way of my career because I would be too hungover to write. And I, you know, uh, wasn't really getting anything done. Uh-huh. And I, I remember the first time I heard a joke I wrote um, on TV. I was I was backstage at the Comedy Central studio in LA, and I remember I was hungover and I was on pills, and I remember hearing the the joke, and that had been my dream for so long. And I remember thinking, what would this feel like if I could feel something? Wow. Um, yeah. So I I just wanted to uh, to see what it would be like to have feelings, and now I do, for better or worse.
0: Wow, for better and worse, probably, right? <laughs> yeah. Wow. And so, yeah, like, you know, has the quarantine, you know, I guess staying sober is probably something you do pretty actively as, you know, to resist the urge to, to drink, you know, means to fill up the rest of your life with stuff. Was that a little bit more difficult with the quarantining?
1: I mean, yeah, yeah, it is, because uh, I think anyone in recovery will tell you that free time is not your friend, right? Because yeah. free time I used to just fill with, I mean, I love day drinking. Summertime was just one long bender, you know, yeah. from ages like 14 to 27. Um, but that's why I started my show, partially, just to keep me busy, to keep me getting dressed in the morning, to keep me, <laughs> you know, I, I'm trying to learn how to edit the programs myself and uh, teaching myself, you know, watching YouTube tutorials. And stuff. I mean, it takes it takes all day. It takes hours and hours and hours, which is yeah. great
0: for me. Yeah, how long, how long are the interviews before they're edited?
1: about
0: an hour an hour okay so uh, yeah to edit the the hour it's probably difficult too to trim out all the stuff because there's a lot of funny stuff
1: there's a lot of funny stuff and then also since i'm a writer first i like to have some fun with the captions so i'll i'll hide little jokes in there um the captions
0: are the captions are what take forever right yeah 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 yeah. but yeah i think i think i had somebody tell me to do that i'm like dude it will not matter in the slightest it's not going to, you know, it's not going to turn me from my amount of Instagram followers into, you know, a multiple of that such that they're likely to stream it if it has captions. And he was like, yeah, dude, it takes me hours to caption uh, 30 seconds or some shit. And I'm just oh, like, yeah. see, that's exactly why I don't do it.
1: it. When I started, it would probably take me six hours to caption five minutes. And then now I'm getting a little more comfortable uh, using the program. So a little bit less. But um, yeah, it's time consuming for sure.
0: But that's a good thing in your case, because then it means no day drinking for Laurel Bacon Cummings.
1: Yeah, it keeps keeps me on the straight and narrow. So um, as far as you,
0: yeah, so as far as your guests and things, I mean, it sounds like you aimed a little bit higher than where you're at currently, and they, you know, it's, their response must have been pretty good because your hit rate. I mean, you, you know, the guests that you're bringing on there were all all pretty uh, studly.
1: Thank you. Um, yeah, I I back when comedy existed in its previous form i produced and hosted a show at the lantern called free puppies so yeah so so um thankfully a lot of my headliners were um happy to do laurel's little show and i feel really lucky that i mean obviously i don't want people to be sick but i feel really lucky that we're all in quarantine because everyone's available
0: yeah yeah, and it it gave me another excuse to reach out to people a second time. It's like they're less likely to come to QED Astoria from Brooklyn, um, you know, just because it's fucking difficult. But they probably, you know, they're more likely to say, yeah, I'll do a remote though. And then I think that's been my uh, been my experience with it. But it sounds like, I mean, you you know, are they gonna say no to you? It's like Abby Abby Elliott said yes to Laurel Bacon Cummings. I can't imagine why a comedian would say no.
1: Thanks, Brian. And how about <laughs> you? How did you start this show?
0: Well, I think it was some of the same thing. Like, I, I like how open, you know, I think you said, you know, op- open and honest. And that's exactly why I did it. I just wanted to, I must think I had an interaction in my real life where somebody was just so fucking absurd in conversation that i was like this would never fucking happened if i was talking about this shit with a comedian like comedians are open they're honest they're looking for a sense of humor they're not just looking to be right and, mm-hmm. and so like i was like fuck man i'm just gonna start the podcast that i've been thinking about which is just you know having a comic on each short episode mm-hmm. and just uh, you know attempting to riff with these people and it, it turned out to be the case yeah they're open they're honest they're fucking hilarious like i can't you know, there's nothing more fun than what we do. Wouldn't you agree?
1: Of course. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's the best drug I've ever had.
0: <laughs> well, that's, that's saying a lot. It sounds like he, you know, are <laughs> a, a pill well, popper for a second. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, I mean, I definitely had my fun in my early twenties. Um, I don't feel like I left any stone unturned in terms of, <laughs> you know, drugs or alcohol.
0: Right. Yeah. I'm having this. I'm having the problem with uh, the day drinking, et cetera. It's getting problematic. Like, you know, I don't feel like I'm missing things, but my, my body is reacting in a certain way. That's no longer, uh, it might no longer be tenable at my age. I'm about 40. And so it's uh, it's starting to fucking get weird, man.
1: You're 40? You sound much yeah. younger than that.
0: Well, I think, yeah, my voice is, uh, yeah, but, you know, I don't smoke or anything. So my voice is pretty, pretty sweet. Like I used to do argument competitions in law school, and I was just a badass at that. Oh, but I don't really real- okay. I, it, well, yeah, I'm a former lawyer, yeah. I was licensed about 10 years ago. So I'm still in the, in the law, but I can't really hold myself out as a, law- a lawyer. Um,
1: what kind of law?
0: Well, well, currently I do eminent domain law in Illinois. I do that remotely. And so that's, that? uh, that's just where somebody, if like somebody builds a highway through somebody's fucking uh, property, you know, like where the uh-huh. people represent the property owner. But... Um, But I never really argued to be right. And so that's when I got, you know, when somebody in real life thought, you know, I was trying to win an argument, I'm like, go fuck yourself. I'm not, if you have a problem talking with me, like, you have a real problem. You know, like I can talk with anybody about anything and here's this here's this person who's who's trying to make me think that I'm bad at speaking. It's like, no, I'm not bad at speaking. I'm actually very good at speaking. Yeah. You know, and, I, and I don't want to be right. I just want to fucking have a constructive conversation where both sides are are allowed to talk without being accused of I don't know, being shitty. And so yeah, that's why and, <laughs> and it and it turned out so perfectly, just because I mean, every single comedian is funny and they're funny in a different way in a totally unexpected way and they're just open and honest and so like there's very few very few times where i've asked a question and they haven't answered it to the point where i'm like oh shit even today i was i was i was talking about somebody's trigger or something like that and after the fact i was like maybe i shouldn't have asked that so i even asked him after the episode if i had to edit that out and he said no it's fine but it's like man if i'm fucking open and you know if i am this open and honest in general like I better not take this out of the podcast studio. Like, do you find yourself asking questions of anybody in real life where, um, you know, maybe maybe they're a little bit ho- less open and honest than one of your podcast, com- you know, c- comedy podcast guests?
1: Hmm. I would say for sure because the people that I'm talking to are directors I respect, comics I look up to. I mean, they're people, they're artists, right? So yeah. I think artists by definition are... Uh, have kind of dedicated their life to expressing themselves, whereas uh, most most people don't even think about that.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: so, so I think you, I think you got it in the nail right on the head. But so, were you ever a litigator? Because I find that really interesting.
0: Well, yeah, no. So I, I write litigation all day long. Like even now. So like if you need a legal brief or something I'm the guy to do it cuz I'm fa- I'm awesome and fast and I'm just a fast confident writer in general. And so um so I do that but usually you know somebody else goes in the court and says the words.
1: Oh, see that's I what was- I used to do. I would write jokes and sell them to other people <laughs> I just didn't have the nerve.
0: Uh, yeah, so I mean I think you know I got up in court, you know, a couple times and that was okay, but it's ne- you know it's never like what they show on TV. You know, even argument competitions where seven judges were interrupting me with questions is the closest I'll ever get to kind of a real
1: wait, TV. Wait. What is an argument competition? Cuz that so, sounds like my parents divorce. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, so that's just where you get up with a prepared, you know, prepared argument. It's, you know, two teams of two. And there's about, you know, there's up to seven lawyers and judges up on this, uh, on the lawyer in the courtroom. They're up on their uh, little desk there. And they can interrupt you at any time with any question. Mm. So they just pepper you with the weaknesses of your argument. And you have to kind of adapt on the fly. It's probably, you know, kind of like comedy where you have to deal with, you know, crowd control and hecklers and things like that.
1: Ah, uh, I mean, hopefully it. Hopefully it doesn't get to that, but yeah, I see the I see the correlation
0: for sure. Yeah, and like you know, because you talk with you know, it sounds like some of the questions you're asking these comedians is the steps in comedy, you know, just for laughs and things like that. Like, do you think these steps are going to be any different after coronavirus?
1: Hmm. Yeah, I I think that I think that we're going to have more digital comics emerging right people that have been creating content for comedy central or TikTok, on or just you know just on their own um are getting like look at sarah cooper who, who yeah. was one of our first guests i yeah. um she is completely blowing up she was on the tonight show last night right and <laughs> and when i talked to her i i thought it was really interesting that i said you know how did you come up with this concept and stuff and she said the limitations actually pushed her to have to create in a in a new form that she wouldn't have considered otherwise like i i can't make a shoot you know like i can't have actors come over you know i just if i would do a sketch which i do sketches on the show sometimes too um just to showcase my writing i'm certainly not an actress like i would never do it myself i would certainly get a professional
0: but yeah so that's cool that limitation did you know did breed the ingenuity it's supposed to
1: yeah totally what do you mean when you say someone's triggers
0: oh uh we were talking about um oh we were talking about you know was it so we have Kelly Bachman, she's with Dylan Adler on the "Rape Victims Get Horny Too" that show. Okay. So we had Dylan Adler on, and so we we're talking about uh, sexual assault and trauma and things like that. See, you can talk oh. about the heavy, heavy topics with comedians. It's great, um, but I think then we talked about porn and the the, the lessons about consent that people get from porn. And Ooh. so then I was talking about, you know, whether or not he you know, what kind of porn he watches now, and Is there anything that triggers him now that didn't before? And so even after the fact, I was like, that's, a, you know, you know, don't answer. If, even even in the moment, I was like, don't answer if you don't want to or we'll edit it out afterwards. And then I even asked him if he wanted it to. And he said, no.
1: Wow, that's heavy stuff.
0: Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, do you get that heavy on your stuff?
1: Well, I guess we'll see. <laughs> you got to listen to the show.
0: Yeah, you're like, I can totally get this heavy. Or maybe, yeah, I guess you're saying you maybe already do. So I'll have to check out every fucking yeah. episode to see if the porn triggers are one of the questions you've asked. Well,
1: I talked about porn with a comic last night who actually came very close to to being a uh, adult performer. But I don't want to give it away. So <laughs> everybody, just check out the show. Um, I'm submitting it to uh, the Apple Store and Spotify as a, as a pod soon. Um, so people that don't want to l- look at my uh caption work can just listen to the audio <laughs> <laughs> well
0: of course they did you put a lot of time into it
1: yeah but some people don't like to read <laughs>
0: <laughs> see you're damned if you do damned if you don't it's like i'm Absolutely. I'm putting this to get bigger reach but some people don't want to read the stupid thing and i mean it's <laughs> kind of uh you know it looks like this thing is linked you know laura's little show is linked um at your twitter account and right now you're using laurel b cummings as your twitter account
1: Yep. Yeah, yep yeah.
0: And you had another one. What's the story behind the other one?
1: Oh, uh, (laughs) yeah, my Twitter name used to be The Other LC, because when I started (laughs) Twitter, uh, I worked at Jimmy Fallon, and Questlove had little nicknames for everyone. Um, He was a very nice guy, and he gave every female on set a gift for Valentine's Day, and mine was a tote bag that said lc on it and and i didn't know that that was my nickname but i guess it was so then everyone started calling me that and at the time the hills was very big so i thought i'm the other lc but it didn't seem that relevant and uh so i just i just switched over to laurel b cummings and then on instagram i'm laurel's little show
0: but i just love that that one of the one of the final tweets there was coincided with the murder hornets (laughs) <laughs> it's like once the once the murder hornets uh, came, she was like, "Fuck this! I'm going to my other account."
1: <laughs> yeah, it, it kind of implies that the murder hornets got me, and that was the end yeah. of it. Yeah, oh, my, she's
0: my, fu- yeah, the other LC is dead, but Laurel B. Cummings is there, and that, that's when we can see uh, Laurel's, Laurel, Laurel's little show. And I'm looking at it right now, and you just uh, you know, I see you next to just all these fucking people, even uh, what, Emma Emma Will- Willimon, or whatever her name is. She's Emma she's Willman, a huge, yeah, Chanelle.
1: <laughs> Uh, yeah, Usama. Um, yeah, Usama was just on the Mary Beth was... We got some really cool people. I'm I'm so glad. Oh, I had a wonderful interview with uh, Aaron Lee Card, the director, uh-huh. yesterday. Uh, okay. I, I just love it. I'm so. I mean, I'm so happy that I started doing it, even though it's a absolute mountain of work. Um, the fact that I, because I also work full time, um, uh, writing silly things for brands and uh, such. For um, yeah, I do. I write for uh, I shouldn't say the exact names of the shows, but but different um TV networks um, you know they have they have their their own social presence as well and so they often have comedy writers um, run those. Oh, cool. So I'll wake up, I'll edit Laurel's little show from like six to nine thirty and then do my day job from ten to six and then hopefully stand up shows at night and and have some interviews and stuff. so it's a it's a mm-hmm. full day so I don't know how I'll have time to, you know, leave the apartment once that becomes an option again.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I mean, it's it's so cool, like because you can talk to whoever you want to. It's like, why didn't we do this so much sooner? Like, if you can talk to all the you know comics you look to, look up to or or you respect anyway, and you you know directors that you want to talk to. I mean, why don't we start this sooner?
1: Totally. Um, but,
0: we, but we stumbled totally. upon it now, and so we're halfway there. Totally. Well, we're going you... we...
1: oh, to. Okay. No, I was going to say. Um... No, it's your show. You lead the way.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, Laurel B. Cummings, we're going to track all this shit, and you just have the best guests, and we're going we're right. to hear you talking about porn triggers with uh, people who almost became, became porn stars, and it's oh, just yeah. uh, it's a little show that can, you know?
1: <laughs> I love that. Very nice. <laughs> yeah, the, the tagline I came up with this short is short interviews with interesting people, but the little show that can is, is very positive.
0: <laughs> I love that so much. Laurel Bacon Cummings, thank you so much.
1: Thanks, Brian. Bye.